A few episodes ago, we discussed why we do what we do. Why our jobs are more to us than just fighting to get a paycheck, fighting to get some money in. And apparently, there are lots of people who don't know why they do what they do or get depressed by what they do. And this brought me to this topic of um, Bullshit Jobs, a book by David Graeber. And the ideas from this book is precisely what I want to talk to you today on the podcast. Okay, so why don't we start by summarizing the, the point the book is trying to make. Okay, so please explain, Radek, what, uh, I mean, how the author describes bullshit jobs. What is a bullshit job? So a bullshit job is a job that's so useless or unnecessary that even the person performing the job thinks that if they disappeared, if this job disappeared, no one would notice or care. And according to the author, this phenomenon is something that's way more prevalent than anyone would imagine, and yet nobody talks about it, and nobody even considers it a bad thing. Yeah, and the, the thing is, when I started reading this book, I thought the same thing that many people would think. Yeah, it's about these bureaucracies, you know, in the public sector. But no, like the, the phenomenon of bullshit jobs spreads throughout the whole world. And also, also, or even increasingly so, in private sector, which sounds so counterintuitive because you would think that private companies, um, each job has to have a merit, has to exist uh, to uh, like help the company increase its revenues, you know, to, 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 it's capitalism, right? But apparently no, apparently everywhere, not just in bureaucracies, not just in the European Union, like uh, in, in many, many sectors, in many um, uh, companies, the phenomenon of bullshit jobs is increasing and it's really <laughs> depressing. Uh, I'll give you a quote from the book. Huge swaths of people spend their days performing tasks they secretly believe do not really need to be performed. And I, I wanna I wanna emphasize again in, in the definition. We're not talking about shit jobs. Like a lot of people are performing jobs that are not really great, or they do something that's useful, like cleaning. For some reason, uh, the offer really likes to talk about cleaners but cleaning does need to be performed and usually you get paid shit for it and you're, you're treated like shit that that's different but if it's true that a lot of people do jobs where they are well compensated for it and but they they do nothing or they do something that has absolutely no point and that's really puzzling and scary and uh, the author is trying to make a point that uh, estimates that maybe a third of people in, in kind of Western countries uh, perform jobs that, by their own count, are are bullshit, are unnecessary. And if you assume that you know the rest of the jobs, um, the non-bullshit jobs, work to uh, work to serve. Uh, Others, then 
a part of those non-bullshit jobs are second-degree bullshit jobs. They only exist to serve bullshit endeavors, like, you know, cleaning in buildings of, I don't know, some corporate lawyers, uh, which would make the number go up to like 50%. Now, I, I, I'm deeply skeptical about this number, but even, even if like 15% of people, even outside of corporate bureaucracies, really perform useless or unnecessary jobs, or even believe that they do, that's really, really bad. Yeah, and the author is making it really clear that it's really hard to to like, to pinpoint one you know one reason why these bullshit jobs exist because there are so many many reasons. It's a complex thing. It, sometimes it's because like nobody pays attention. Sometimes it's because somebody wants to help somebody. Uh, uh, sometimes it's because politics in the company. And and the thing is, like for me when I was reading this book, the, the, what was really important was to also think that even a company like ours, which is a small company of 20-something people, can be susceptible to this. We can, like, like, not entirely, like, there won't be, like, in in such a small company, there won't be, like, one person who will just have a bullshit job, like, in in, in, in entirety, but he might have bullshit tasks in his job that completely don't need to be done. And I I think we've had some, some, some situations like this in our company. That's why uh, that's why for me it was very curious to, to to make sure that you know you me we discussed why we do what we do but I want to make sure that everyone for example in our company also can say the same thing can say why they do what they do and uh, and so 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 our company for me was the starting point to really to just analyze this because like when I when I just read so many examples in this book how many situations. Uh, like we're really causing uh, bullshit jobs. I was scared. I mean, really, this is this is this is stupid. I mean, how can this be that we are so intelligent? We have these technologies, and then we do this to ourselves. Yeah, uh, I think this book was really interesting to me because uh, we talked about this. But I'm I'm really I'm really quite allergic to to bullshit. My bullshit detector is uh, very sensitive, and so. I I long strongly suspected um, that uh, there is a a lot of bullshit going around, that in a lot of organizations, uh, like just from observing the world, listening to to stories, anecdotal evidence, I know, um, a lot of stuff that's done, so much of it is deeply useless, unnecessary, or even bad. And uh, and that's really depressing because, another quote uh, from the book, in 1930, John Maynard Keynes predicted that technological advances would enable us to work 15-hour a week, yet we seem to be busier than ever before. Now, that's interesting because if it's true that if you kind of look at the broad spectrum and maybe not the 50% of all jobs, but 50% of all work is bullshit, which doesn't seem that outlandish to me. Like, uh, the, there is a lot of bullshit and bullshitization, even in genuinely useful jobs, then if we're actually better at managing things, at um, allocating resources, 
then we very well could be <laughs> doing 20-hour weeks, but, but we don't uh, because we suck at it. We're terrible at it. And it does really seem like there is a progressive bullshitization of, of jobs that you have more and more and more layers of, of managers and management and box sticking uh, spreading outside of just um, government uh, bureaucracies. And the book presents a lot of anecdotal evidence and kind of arguments for why that might actually be true and not just a skeptic suspicion. The first time I got um, I got a sense of what bullshit job can mean was like years ago, and I didn't pay attention then, but it was it's obvious right now in hindsight. I remember I was talking to a friend about a different friend who um, got promoted. She uh, she got promoted to a different uh, in a, in a corporation to a different uh, position, uh, like to a more international, more senior position. And I was talking to him because he was also in that organization. And he was like, and, he, and we were talking about things and it, it came to a subject of her for some reason, um, actually her previous job. And he said, yeah, she really felt that at the job, that's why she got, uh, she got completely, uh, you know, downgraded. And I was like, no, no, no. I checked her LinkedIn profile. She got promoted. And he was like, exactly. That's why I said. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, this is what the company does. It promotes somebody so that it doesn't look bad, you know, <laughs> to create a bullshit, you know, thing for her so that she feels better about herself. The company feels better about, about all this. And they don't, they don't admit the failure of this person on this post. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that it's culturally so difficult to kind of get rid of someone even if they don't contribute, that it's easier for a manager to kick someone upstairs so that it's someone else's problem? Like, how insane is that? Exactly. Upstairs to a different thing or create like an, like, or create a position upstairs so that it looks senior and looks good, although this position has just been created. Bullshit job. Um, just so that everybody is, feels better about themselves which they don't, uh, what the book says. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure if I know many people who would consider their jobs bullshit, but I know a lot of people from whom I've heard stories of a lot of bullshit, of an extremely high degree of bullshit uh, in their work. Uh, and and that, that, like, you need to know one person who worked at a corporation to, to just hear horror stories of, like, like just insane stupidity and waste waste of resources and and doing things that are that have absolutely no reason for for existence to to know this and kind of uh, have a hint of doubt uh, about uh, about the fact that the market will always without doubt every single time produce the most efficient um, outcome. Well, much better than an alternative, maybe, but like clearly not the most efficient. Yeah, and very often I think uh, something we have been repeating on this show, on and on, on, the importance of cadence of review of feedback loops. When people are not doing it, 
then you come to the situation when where something is a bullshit job or turns into a bullshit job because we've always done things this way. And this produces a situation where like this person sits there frustrated. They know it's bullshit. They know they, they shouldn't be doing it. They know that they are overqualified for that, that they that this is, doesn't make any bring any uh, additional value to the company, but we've always done it this way, so they just have to do it this way. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with you, Michael, because it might be true in small companies, in, in small organizations, mm-hmm. but I sense that in larger organizations, the the big, strange, weird, cultural, political uh, and bureaucratic framework is such that everybody feels like it's someone else's problem. Everybody feels like they cannot, they don't have the power to do that change. Uh, everybody has their own personal uh, incentives, which from the organization of like striving for efficiency for the whole organization are just perverse, right? And it's it's easy, it's easy for a CEO of a of a small company who has the the say who who has this who's putting their own money on the line to to decide wow this is this is really bad and if if, <laughs> if this is bad then it's just because we like we haven't noticed it but i i, I mm-hmm. think in large organizations it's just like nobody knows how to do anything about it and it's not just that they don't <laughs> notice okay. it's just that they can't change it because the mm-hmm. the Everything is so messed up, like on so many levels that nobody can undo this. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about the taxonomy of bullshit, the kinds of bullshit jobs. I think they're kind of illustrating uh, for just a number of examples of what could be considered bullshit jobs. So one kind would be flunkies people whose role it is to make their boss seem more impressive or their superior more important. Like a receptionist at a publishing company that doesn't really have any guests, but if someone is there, well, someone needs to be there, right? Uh, Administrative assistants that don't actually have anything to do, like anything of value. Or door attendants, like, you know, like it's pretty... I have two examples for you, man. Yeah. So first of all, because uh, we talked about my sabbatical. Part of my sabbatical was to be in New York City. And I remember us walking with my family um, along these beautiful buildings on the, you know, in Manhattan, on the lower, upper east side, sorry, upper east side, and uh, going to uh, the um, uh, Central Park. And over there we were passing through uh, these beautiful buildings, beautiful apartment buildings, and then there were these guys dress up nicely, standing in front of the door, opening the door, if need be, closing the door, or standing there and being handsome. And that was all their job. Yeah. Stand there, be handsome. Uh, be a status symbol for our apartment building. <laughs> what a waste of human potential. <laughs> exactly. And then another thing. So I have a personal um, anecdote, actually. So when a person uh, who was helping me as my assistant... Um, uh, moved to a different company so there was a an empty space for an assistant so the first thing you would do automatically would to hire a new assistant like to just replace this job one-on-one like put a new person exactly doing the same things but I 
pushed back and said uh, to my um, uh, uh, to Magda, she's my right right hand, and I told her, Magda, let's not do this. Let's first review my the assistant jobs that that I was requiring before and see if if, if, if the argument still stands. And we have reviewed things and we have found that using that lots of things that we've been used like we needed I needed an assistant for could be already done by smart filters by like apps like Calendly to schedule appointments by a few things by te- by actually technology and we've reduced the number of assistant tasks by I think more than 50% uh, so suddenly we realized there was a good thing to instead of just employing somebody one like to do the same thing again first review the tasks needed and then finding out that actually not, not that it was a necessarily a bullshit job it wasn't but the fact that because we haven't taken the time to review things like some of these tasks were not necessary anymore and i'm really happy that we have streamlined this and uh, i and because i i'm i don't need an assistant you know to show off and to to show my status and especially because we were away from home so there so there is there's that with status symbol <laughs> um so so uh, I think it's a healthy, you know, dynamic. You know, when somebody leaves their post, review their post. You know, it's you know, just make sure that you know what you're doing right now. Hiring again, you're not hiring just because it's been always done this way. Type two of a bullshit job is a goon. So goons are people doing work that only needs doing because other people do it too. So an example, or a controversial one, but but you could argue that armies only need to exist because there are armies. Like, your country needs an (laughs) army because another country has an army. If they didn't have an army, you wouldn't have an army too. But, like, this this function only needs to exist because we all... because of the human condition that creates it such that we all need it. (laughs) Or history, or whatever. And similarly, corporate lawyers lobbyists, PR specialists, maybe like 5% of, of them in the big corporations are, are actually like genuinely necessary no matter what. Uh, maybe 95% of the rest is only necessary because, well, others have them too, so we need our own army of corporate lawyers to protect our corporate lawyership. And I have two, two stories again. <laughs> One of them was from Jason Fried from Basecamp. He wrote a blog post how they thought they needed a biz dev guy. Because like every startup has a biz dev person. So they also need a biz dev person, right? So before they hired a biz dev person, he said, I'm going to switch to a biz dev person. I'm going to check what the biz dev person does. And I'm going to, you know, have uh, biz dev tasks and let's see how this goes. And after a month of trying to be a biz dev, he realized, no. We don't need the piece staff. Like we, we would like we wouldn't need it. So so but this kind of, you know, as you said, this dynamic, they have it, so we need to have it too. Like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. First evaluate if this thing makes makes any sense for your organization <laughs> before hiring a person just because everyone else has it. Okay, so I had the second example, but I think we're gonna push 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 it a little bit further further in this discussion. So you continue. Duct tapers. People fixing things that shouldn't be broken in the first place. And in fact, it would be easier to fix the thing that's broken in the first place instead of having someone kind of patching it up. So uh, I, I think, I think um, we must admit that inside our, 
our sphere of programmers and software development, there exists this greater sphere of IT professionals. Man, there's a lot of them. And and really, most of what they, they do is fixing things we, we broke that it would be easier to just fix in like upstream and not fix in every single company that needs fixing it. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, there, there was a kind of amusing example in, in the book. Amusing because like you, you can't believe that it can be true except for the fact that you've already heard stories like this. So you know it, it, it probably is. Of, <laughs> of I think it was at his university where there was a carpenter, one carpenter, and there was someone hired to kind of calm down and apologize to people that a carpenter is currently not available because he's busy doing something else. And that was this person's job. Whereas you could have just hired a second freaking carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> so they hired they hired um, a carpenter and a carpenter manager who is actually the apologist instead of yeah. hiring two carpenters. Yeah, like, like it's just like, someone's like, ah, oh, man. Man, it's so hard. Like we're dealing with this serious problem of people complaining about not having enough carpenters. Oh, what's the solution? Hire someone who's going to calm down people complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, a question though: um, Can't some doctors be duct tapers? Actually, like the ones that just prescribe, just you know, standard medicine always. Whenever you just show up without actually thinking too much about the origins of your you know, sickness, you know? That's a whole can of worms that you better not open. You'll just <laughs> destroy the whole society. Exactly. Type four, box stickers. People who do like paperwork or or other bureaucratic BS as as proxy for action. You know, like like things to confirm or pretend an organization is, is doing something. And, you know, this is very reminiscent of... of uh, government bureaucracies in, in general, but also uh, in corporate bureaucracies more and more. And um, the author was complaining about how in academia, like more and more of professors' work is like filling out sheets for how their time is spent and like other BS like that, that uh, takes up more and more of time without any tangible benefit. Just to you know, tick a box like yeah, we did that. Yeah, we're good. Just use Nosby, man. Don't 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 you know? Don't like bring on some forms and things. Like use Nosby. It's ticking is five seconds less. One second less. And type five, which sounds amusing, considering our uh, background, which is taskmasters, people <sighs> managing other people that don't need managing or creating work for them just that so that they don't sit doing nothing oof yeah this is this is something uh, i i hope we have covered by the fact that we are a remote on a remote company like having a remote company is actually helpful with that because we are trying to hire people who can manage themselves yeah because very like for me this is the worst part to to be managing other people's agenda like like you know and sometimes I fall into this trap because I'm the boss so that people expect this of me. So for me, it's really important to sit down, analyze what's happening, rephrase this so that the person knows what I'm expecting. And I'm not expecting 
and and then this person also shouldn't be expecting from me a task list. They should be expecting from me something to do, which then they have to by themselves get organized, do it. You know, you know, just be like. I think people in our organization type of organization, like a remote um, uh, work, they are more in this entrepreneurial they're more like self you know they, they have to find themselves like things to do so there is less possible you know fall back to uh, to this to this situation where you take tell me you, you i tell you exactly what to do and you just follow these steps and that's it and then and my only job is to create more tasks for you yeah management is this very interesting topic because it's very clear that um it's necessary like we we know in, in our org that you gotta kind of manage and structure things in a certain way to to just have efficiency. But but no, like you, you need management. You probably need managers in a large enough organization. But but like the point of that is supposed to be to have less work, to make things efficient and not to create more work. That's not necessary. The, the the layer of management must be as as thin as possible. Like it's supposed to be this, you know, make everything smoother and go better and eliminate waste and not create waste by creating more managers. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't seem how uh, things are going in general in the corporate world. No, no, they're not. And uh, and the, the the funny thing is that they the how it works is that really <laughs> the the in corporate world uh, bullshit jobs like, expand and cre- keep creating more bullshit jobs because like more people feel that they need uh, to create things for other people so that their job seems less bullshit and that actually is yeah so let's talk about that like what is so bad about bullshit job what is so bad about having a job where you don't have to do that much and you get paid handsomely for it what's so bad about that exactly this is this is what i think uh, strikes the most when you read this book is that when you realize that you think people would want that you think You'd want a job where you go go to this work, you do a few things, and then you play video games and whatever, because nobody cares, whatever. And then you come home, you get a very good check. Everything is fine. And and the worst part, of course, people know that you're playing video games, but they don't care, whatever. And everybody, like people who would see it from the outside would say, whoa, you're so lucky you have this, this job. And no, apparently... It has a very, very bad influence on your psychology. Like, like you, like you get depressed, you know, depressed by being useless. Like you don't want to be useless. People don't want to be useless. When they are useless, they get depressed, even though they they are paid well and it looks on paper it looks perfect. And I had this situation uh, with a friend. I have um, this this very good, very close friend who is a consultant and IT guy, but like a coder. And he's a very expensive one because he knows really like like lots of corporate systems. So the big corporations hire him because he's really good. He knows all these you know details and everything. And one of the corporations, a very famous one, hired him uh, for for a year yearly contract. And after two months, 
he was bored to death. Because they hired him because they could, because they are a rich corporation, so they could pay him. Like, and he asked for, uh, he, he told me that he asked for more money than normally he would ask, because he was afraid that it's gonna be a bullshit job, kind of. And it turns out it was. <laughs> like he was paid handsomely for things that you know. Like he was like he said, like I can do so much more for this company, but they don't want me to. They just want me to do this and this and this, and I can do it like in a few moments, and then I'm just bored to death. So like like completely, and he was so frustrated. Like every time we would meet, we would talk. He was so frustrated because he was this. In the, they call it. I, they even have this name for it. I think it's called the golden cage. Like because because you're in this cage. Like 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 come on, this fantastic big corporation is paying you lots of money. But they are paying you because they can. They can afford a guy like this. Again, this comes with this ego thing, with this status thing, whatever. They can afford a high-paid professional to do some basic maintenance for them. And, and maybe over the course of the year, they need him like because of his expertise a few times. Because some, some situations are critical. But they get him a whole job just because of that. Which is kind of depressing. Quote, the moral and spiritual damage that comes from this situation is profound. It is a scar across our collective soul. Yet virtually no one talks about this. Now, like, th th this made sense to me. Like, I, I always, I always thought this way. It always seemed really strange to me that people assume that to be paid handsomely to do essentially nothing is a good thing. That, that just, that doesn't seem like a good thing to me. Like, it's an assumption not based on actual human psychology on actual observations of how humans are it's it's an assumption based on on this paradigm that that we're taught on on this oversimplified which means wrong uh theory of of economics you know the homo economicus the rational human who will do all decisions based on the quote-unquote rational uh economic equation but th that's not that's not actually true like it's being useless or unnecessary is an absolute indignity and it's just it is depressing like humans we want to do something we want to do something useful with ourselves maybe not everybody like there's always an exception but like as a general rule it's safe to to assume that that people want to want to be doing something that they're gonna feel good about and yeah, life's tough and not everyone is privileged enough to have something that's not a shit job. But but when you have this a bullshit job, when you're paid well and yet you're still depressed because it's useless and it has no place, then it's kind of I I think that's a kind of a new idea in our um society. So like it it's hard to talk about it if someone is in such a situation. Uh, it must be quite isolating. I, I don't think it's a it's a popular thing to to talk about. It 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 seems outrageous, like a first world problem, to complain about being paid too much to do too little. But it is depressing. Yeah, and um, in the in the book there is a situation where um, these people who have these uh, bullshit jobs by high high paid high paid uh, also great sounding jobs um then they're respected in their families they're like you know we're proud of you like you got this job you're this financial analyst lawyer thingy uh, there and it's in this for this super known company you know whatever um, uh, uh, this bank and they are dying inside 
they know that they're they're a cheat. Like they feel like a cheat. You know, they're they're like they're cheating everyone. They're like and they feel like a like, like a fraud. Oh, like a fraud because they are perceived as 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 doing as as doing great, but they know for a fact <laughs> that what they're doing is bullshit. Yeah, uh, we have in our company someone who used to work at a very big, very international, very well known. Uh, company from whom you probably own multiple items in your household uh, and there was a lot of bullshit in his job like his well his job wasn't bullshit but but a lot of it was filled with bullshit but because it was such a uh, well-sounding name um, it was very difficult to for uh, his family to accept that he he'd want to quit a job like this to come work for some random dude from the internet exactly i i remember the situation we have yeah exactly i wanted to give this example i mean this this like put yourself in his shoes like from from the family perspective he has succeeded he works for this multi um uh, national company everybody knows about this company and he willingly <laughs> he willingly wants to like like leaves this job to work for a 20 something you know private company by this guy who nobody has heard of like you know like it's not a household name like they don't manufacture things like you know we have just this one product like for for from the family perspective he was like what are, what are you doing what are you doing you have this and you're going to that but but i'm i'm so happy for him and so proud of him to have made the leap, you know, to 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 admit it to himself, like this is a maybe as you said, as I said, it might not have been a bullshit job. I'm sure it was a good experience for him for that time, but uh, like I think also it was his lack of influence in the company. Like and 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 now he knows that he works for the company where he can influence things. He can like like he makes shit happen in our company, and he can do it. Like and 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 this is for and this was for him like so much. Like more meaning, meaningful than than the other job, so it was really, really bold and really you know hashtag courage to to do it because from the outside it was perceived like a downfall, but it wasn't. Yeah, we're kind of running out of time. Speaking of which, uh, one thing that I found interesting was this observation about you know that there's this phrase like "What are you doing? Get to work. You're on my time." <laughs> How strange is that when you start thinking about it? Like, yeah. why is it wrong to do nothing when there's nothing to do? Like, we probably all heard examples from our friends or maybe uh, experienced it our- ourselves that there's nothing to do at the job, but it's just, it, it seems outrageous and, and uh, unacceptable morally. It's uh, as if you're stealing from, from your employer by not doing anything when there's like literally nothing to do. And bullshit is invented uh, for you to do so that you know you do something or when you're really efficient at doing a task maybe a manual test that that you're tasked to perform and you perform it faster than is expected of you and then want to take a break then (laughs) that's not that's not acceptable either you will not be rewarded for being faster than expected something i haven't expected to feel when i was reading this book was my increasing sympathy for jobs that are important to our society but are so badly paid. Mm. 
I was thinking, you know, like, like if there's corporate financial lawyer is not there anymore, who gives? Nobody. You know? Nobody. Probably Nobody. going to be better. But, exactly. But if a teacher doesn't show up, if 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 a cleaning person doesn't show up, if uh, like if a bus driver doesn't show up, I mean things get affected. Like you know, if <laughs> there true. is a strike of, like it really, like things are bad, and very often we, I think you know I'm I'm saying we, but I'm, I I mean myself as well. Like uh, we feel like kind of you know condescending that you know we have this high education, we have these high profile jobs, and these are these you know jobs that should be shouldn't be well paid because you know the, the teachers i mean they have two months of vacation i mean who cares like they shouldn't be well paid you know they they work like you know um instead of 40 hours a day uh, uh, sorry 40 hours a week they work 30 hours a week or 25 hours a week like why would they should they be paid but then you think about the impact that they're doing the, like how important they are to educate our kids and you're like huh hmm it's like really i got a lot more respect like when reading this book for jobs that i previously thought they shouldn't be they should never be well paid but then when i thought how well are these bullshit jobs paid and how bad are these really important jobs paid i'm like man this is like this is not right yeah the the book spent a lot of time uh talking about how it almost seems as if the more useful something is, the less you are paid for it. Uh, exactly. I don't think that that's exactly true. I, I think it was kind of no. cherry-picked, but but there is there is a, a kernel of truth to it, at least. Uh, exactly. There is some you know food for thought. And I think this is what I liked about the book, actually, was that it wasn't giving us lots of solutions. No. But it was giving us lots of food for thought. Yeah. Um, so... I just wanna I just wanted to to end with a couple of thoughts about uh what I didn't like so much about the book. Um I think overall it was it was fun, it was entertaining. Uh I think it was really funny uh, most of the way. It's it's probably more true than we're com- comfortable admitting. Uh I think it's definitely overstated. Uh it, it's it's something to to not be treated hundred percent seriously. Like with time the the book kind of you know, turned really serious and and dark, and went into yeah. anthropology and 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 the kind of social, cultural, political aspects of of it all. Um, and and at times, I was annoyed when when the author was explaining something in the tone and the way, suggesting as if it was kind of a, a scientific treatise, and and it wasn't. Um, it it didn't. It didn't develop a sophisticated theory to explain the phenomenon of bullshit jobs. Now, I, you know, this this whole phenomenon it seems to confirm my suspicions, but uh, there, there's no substantial evidence um, for just how much of it is there. We know it's there. Like we have plenty of of examples. We we know that it's real to some extent, and it it seems especially with with more arguments and and uh, anecdotal evidence that it's more prevalent than I would expected before but you know th- this whole like 50% number it's it's based on one biased statistic and you know anecdotal evidence can 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 be twisted uh, and also the explanation for why they exist like how is it possible that so much bullshit 
how many bullshit jobs exist and how the bullshitization is progressing, uh, I think is also weak. Um, like it, it wasn't satisfying. Like like he was starting to develop an argument and then he made a, a leap of faith, um, hoping that I wouldn't notice and then treating it as if it was self-evident. Um, so yeah, like 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 I I think it's a it's a it's a book worth reading, uh, but you should treat it as something that's like food for thought, not as something that's, you know, definitely scientifically hundred percent true. Um, even though like j- just the the way the author um, uh, writes about it makes it kind of pretend as as if it is uh, and it's not. Okay, good point. But as I as, as I as I told you, for me, it was just that a thought provoking exercise, a food for thought. And as you mentioned, it was a very good book to read. It was very funny. It was very very light. Um, okay, when it got dark, it wasn't that much. <laughs> but it was it was a, a good read, and to me, that was that like food for thought, thinking you know and analyzing and going back to you know, to what we do to make sure that we don't fall to, into this trap of of just you know keeping the status quo and then gradually you know descending to, to bullshit jobs or to creating jobs because because of because of the wrong reasons it's because this is very often what what happens you know with ego again and 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 in status and all these things like that you create something because of completely wrong reasons what i hope is that uh, this book uh, maybe this discussion will inspire discussion about it because it, it, there has seemed to be a lot of bullshit going around and it's just difficult to understand, like, like why? Why is it possible? Like, capitalism is supposed to not make that possible. And it is so. Uh, to what extent? Not sure. Uh, so, like, regardless of the extent of it, I think we should be talking about it, and we should be definitely anti-bullshit, and not, like, it, it's one thing to, you know, to want a job, to want jobs, to want people to have jobs, and not be unemployed but we, we we talk about you know unemployment in the political sphere but but it's like yeah that that's good you know cool cool i agree but but then like how about we don't do bullshit work like how about we use the the resources we have the the labor we have the collective resources of our society in a non-bullshit productive useful way and then maybe someone maybe some other offer can 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 take this and expand this in a maybe more scientific way because I would like to see more data, more like real evidence for how much of it is there. Maybe difficult to quantify, but I want to see, like I want to understand how how is it possible and and see a good uh, satisfying theory for why it exists. All right, Michael, I, I want to plug something. Like check this out. Check out this video of a Falcon 9 rocket attempting and failing and kind of succeeding at landing. Uh, this, this happened last week. There was a very routine mission resupplying the International Space Station. They, they've done it many times. And as SpaceX does, they would land their rocket. And this time they would land it on land. They've done it many times. They, they've, they've perfected the landings. It, it, it succeeds every single time, except for the, that one weird Falcon Heavy uh, landing failure, which was different. The last time they failed was over two years ago. Like, they got this, right? And I, I was watching the live stream with the video uh, from the rocket, and I was just like, oh, so shocking. Like, it's descending, descending, 
and it starts spinning out of control. And it's just like like crazy, like, whoa, what what is happening? Like, we haven't seen a cool failure video in such a long time. And like the best thing about it is because they were attempting to land on land, it was available to to record from cameras. Like it was not like hundreds of kilometers away from land. So we have multiple different videos. Uh, from this landing attempt and it just spins out of control like something like some hydraulic system broke and then it's slowly starting to stabilize it the rocket decided it's not going to attempt to land on land it would it would try to hit a spot a safe spot on the ocean but it still proceeded to attempt to land and in the last second it attempt it it managed to stabilize this insane roll of the rocket, this insane instability, and it softly, gently touched down on water. And then, of course, it it fe- fell down, because it's water. And amazingly, it didn't break apart. <laughs> so they recovered the rocket, and the rocket is it, fine? It survived. It, continu- it continued transmitting data. It sent over the video. It went through the saving procedure you know uh because when it lands it still has a lot of pressurized gas so like you you can't touch it it has to go through the safing procedure and it did even though this like 50 meter tall structure fell down this 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 aluminum can it survived and <laughs> they towed it to port and they'll probably attempt to recover some parts from it and maybe reuse some of them from a <laughs> rocket Amazing. that landed. But the video is cool. I mean, the video that we'll link in the show notes, the video is fantastic. It has um, the music from Interstellar. So it's really cool and it's really dramatic how this rocket is fighting for life. And it's just at the last moment salvaging itself. It's saving itself and then it just falls down. <laughs> cool. Yeah. We haven't done an, a rocketry corner in a while, so this is a really good one. And there's more cool things to, to come. They recently, for the first time in history, they launched a rocket for the third time. They're, they're, they're really spinning this whole rapid reusability thing. Uh, in January, we'll have the first uh, uncrewed flight of the capsule that's meant to carry crew. And then later next year, we'll have crewed flights to to the International Space Station. Uh, So that's so cool. Okay, let's record something because we're already... Yeah, I'm 23 minutes in. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 23 minutes in as well. Okay. Oops.